In the Pits is partnered with YI Paintball. Paintball, there's nothing like it. On the field or off, it's not just a sport, it's a community. The people, our people, come from all over with vastly different lives during the week. But come time for Paintball, we're one community with a lot of stories about why. Follow YI Paintball on Instagram and meet the members of the Paintball community. Learn about how they started, what their journey has been, and their ultimate why. Why Paintball? What's your why? In the Pits is partnered with Pod Runners Union. Follow Pod Runners Union on Instagram to find strength in union and celebrate our sports pit crew. Send in photos to represent your union local and be featured. Stealing pods for undeserving teams. It's a living. In the Pits is partnered with Mariachi Aguilas de Oro. Based in Austin and servicing the surrounding areas, these golden eagles will bring life to any event you are having, from birthdays, anniversaries, holidays, corporate events, or even a simple performance to enjoy. Guillermo Padilla, one of their trumpet players, is also a member of the Texas paintball scene. Visit them on Facebook and Instagram to check out some of their past performances, or give them a call to book them for your event today. In the Pits is partnered with Skull Monkeys Paintball. Equip, engage, excel. In the Pits is partnered with XTPL Events. The Extreme Tournament Paintball League is a series put on by the Lukau family of paintball fit fame that gives the opportunity for players to learn and grow together as a team. Three-man, Challengers and Champions X-Ball, Draft Mech X-Ball, and even U3v3, there's something for everyone at XTPL. Not to mention prize tosses, raffles, and the infamous paintball munching contest. Events happen throughout the year, and the prizes never disappoint. Sign up for an XTPL event today on PB Leagues. In the Pits is partnered with Hydra. Designed by players, for players, you can outfit yourself in Hydra gear from head to toe. Have confidence that when you make a purchase from Hydra, you are purchasing a well-tested and well-thought-out product, trusted by several top teams, including first-place semi-pro team PaintballFit.com. I personally recommend their Hydra Black knee pads. Purchases over $100 receive free shipping. Head to Hydra.fit to browse their selection and discover the Hydra mentality. In the Pits is partnered with Bem Wraps. Behind every mask is a unique and creative player. Tap into it when you order your next custom headpiece. Their Build-A-Band lets you communicate with them one-on-one to make your order just the way you want, all the way down to the color of the stitch. Check out their Instagram, at BEMRAPS, for drops and build videos of them working on orders. They offer very competitive pricing, so reach out today to get started on your own one-of-a-kind headpiece. In the Pits is sponsored by FU Athletics, created with a purpose and focused on building a better you. We are a brand that matters in your workout, and every purchase gives back to cancer research. Go to thefuathletics.com and use code INTHEPITS25 for 25% off of your order. In the Pits is partnered with Compete. Compete is a Texas-based brand by Jell Stewart of professional team AC Diesel that provides custom jerseys, pants, headbands, straps, tech shirts, and any other soft goods to help individuals and teams compete at the highest level. Support Texas Paintball and message Compete on Facebook or Instagram and mention In The Pits podcast for 10% off your entire order. In The Pits is partnered with Get That Shot. Get That Shot now offers first-in-line photo and video editing, 20% off Get That Shot merch, and 20% off prints to all teams that wear the Get That Shot logo on their jersey. Message Get That underscore Shot on Facebook or Instagram to become a Get That Shot program team. In the Pits is partnered with Paintball Kumite.
Paintball Kumite is a program designed by Colt Roberts of professional team San Antonio X-Factor to take paintball players of all ages, experience levels, and skill groups and mold them into champions. The program breaks the game down into small, easy-to-learn sessions designed to help you master the fundamentals so that you can elevate your game. Newcomers to the program get a free one-hour introductory class when mentioning In the Pits. To sign up for a class, message at Paintball Kumite on Instagram. Welcome everyone to episode 70 of In the Pits Paintball Podcast. This podcast is focused on everything that has to do with the paintball scene here in Texas, from professional players and teams to new divisional programs, local tournament series, field owners, Texas-based brands, even photographers and videographers. Every week, we will have a short and sweet episode with a new topic and a special guest. I'm Christian Smith. I'm a player for the Texas Titans, and this episode, we are going in the pits with Brian Sylvia and Skylar Molina, players for Austin Notorious D4. Gentlemen, how are you doing this evening? Doing great. Doing well. Doing well. Yeah. Good to hear. Good to hear. We got a lot of people in the chat uh, here to support you guys. Uh, it was good to see you, you know, last two weekends in a row up at the uh, up in Dallas at the various competitions that were going on. And October is a busy month here in Texas because we got back to back to back championship weekends. Uh, first with Bunker Fest and then USXBL, which is what this week is going to be focused on. And then I think next week is the XTPL championships as well. So a lot of championships going on. Are y'all going to be competing in that as well? Um, I don't think personally, um, but I'm I'm sure Mark France will probably have a line going out there or something, but time to rest. Body hurts. (laughs) Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Three weekends in a row traveling up to DFW uh, when you're not local is pretty tough. Mm-hmm. All right, y'all. So uh, let's get started. So this question is for both of you guys, and we're going to start with Skylar on this one. Uh, this question is brought to us by XTPL Events, speaking of. So uh, Skylar, for those listening that maybe don't know about you, how long have you been involved in the Texas paintball scene? Uh, I started getting involved in the Texas paintball scene in 2000, I'd say probably 2010. Um I just started going out to the field that X Factor was previously. It was called Maximum Paintball out in San Marcos area, kind of between Austin and San Antonio. And um, yeah, I just got picked up by a good group of dudes that kind of showed me the ropes and ran with it ever since. Sweet. So what are some of the teams that you've uh, played with or been associated with over the years? Uh, man, I've played with a bunch of teams, but uh, I think the older generation will remember uh, Cerebral Void. I started with them, They're the first team to kind of give me a chance and say, like, hey, this kid's, you know, he's fast, and, you know, that's pretty much it. Can't shoot the broadside of a barn, has no field awareness, but he's got a lot of heart, and he's fast, so let's pick him up. And uh, from there, that ended up turning into, I never actually played a tournament with them because that turned into X Factor D2. And we played a full season with them through 2011. And then from there, I played with uh, DSS briefly and then got injured. Um, Took a little break, came back and did like a homegrown team called Speedboat, Texas Speedboat. Had a fun season with them. Uh, And from there, just, you know, I played with FSU back then as well, uh, shortly after the whole Speedboat thing. And yeah, quite a few other teams. Grit X, 
um, FHV. We did some MPPL stuff. And yeah, Ultra. They're, they're, there's a list, a long list. Yeah, but those are kind of the ones that come to mind. For sure. Of course, you can't forget the I-35 All-Stars, my friend. Can't forget the I-35 All-Stars. And, you know, shout out to my boys on uh, Outlaw. You know, those guys too. I love those dudes. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a lot of fun. You know, I've kind of gotten to play with everybody. And it's just a, a big group of friends that you've gained from playing this awesome kind of silly sport. It's been great. Absolutely. Uh, so, Brian, let's go to you now. So, uh, how long have you been involved in the Texas paintball scene? So I started playing again about two years ago, maybe a little bit over two years ago. I um, started going out to X Factor locally, just kind of wanted to, to really see if I really even wanted to get back into it or not. Um, you know, my wife will always joke around and say that when I bought all my stuff, I didn't plan on playing tournaments, and here we are. So, you know, I started out with uh, Innocent Bystanders over there with Caesar and those guys, and that was a great start to my journey. Um, definitely brought me back into the tournament paintball scene. Um, then went to FSU after that. So, and here I stay right now. For, for sure. So, uh, throughout all of your different stints, uh, what teams have you played for? Um, so when I came up in New Jersey, going out there is where I'm from. Um, through 04 through 08, I played for teams like MOD. I played for Jesters out there at Atlas Baseball Park way before they were the Jester they are today. Um, Jersey Destruction, a couple teams like that out there in the local area for the GPL and stuff. But, you know, I took a pretty long break, life, getting in trouble, things like that. Um, I've since turned things around and wanted to get back into it. For sure. All right. So this next question is going to be for both of you. Uh, and we're going to start with Brian on this one. And this one's brought to us by Skull Monkeys Paintball. Uh, so, Brian, tell us about how you first got into paintball. Um, you know, when I first went, it was, uh, somebody's birthday party or something when we were little, kind of got hooked, got a lot of slack from the parents about, you know, it, it wasn't a good sport for me to be playing stuff like that. Um, and then I went and snuck off and played in a one-on-one tournament on the weekend, you know, lied to my parents about it. I did really well in it. I was hooked. That was it. You know, I was willing to kind of accept the consequences that came with me playing and, and I did and went on to have a lot of fun, built a lot of bombs. So it's been an amazing journey. Awesome. Yeah, that paintball bug, when it bites, it bites hard, man. Sure does. So, uh, Skyler, same question to you. What got you in to begin with? Actually, I don't have the typical uh, birthday party story. No no shade, Brian, uh, but I feel like a lot of people get into it that way. Um, I was the kid that was throwing the paintball birthday parties. I was waiting in a bookstore for my mom to do something. I don't know what she was doing and I was real young and I was just going through the magazines of cars and airplanes, you know, typical young kid stuff. And I came across, I wish I could tell you what brand it was. I really do. Um, it was a paintball, like physical paintball magazine. And I just pretty much just sat on the floor in the middle of this library and went through every single page of this magazine and was just hooked, totally sold on the idea of it. And, uh, yeah, like I said, you know, after that it was, what do you want to do for your birthday? Paintball. My mom would just roll her eyes like, again, like you did that last year. I said, yes, this is all I want to do. Uh, you know, 24, seven, three, six, five is all I talk about. Think about I'd spend way too much time just hanging out in the local paintball store and just bugging those poor dudes. I love it. So yeah, 75% of us, I feel like out there were birthday party kids and then like probably 20% were magazine kids. So getting, getting most of the spectrum, but definitely going old school on that origin story. 
All right. So uh, this next question is brought to us by Pod Runners Union. Uh, shout out to Sasha Zucker, who uh, won the Masters Division Three man at USXPL, got MVP as well. Uh, yeah, congrats, man. So uh, this question will be for both of you. We're going to start with Skylar. So uh, what are some things that uh, you've noticed over time has changed within the Texas scene, either for better or for worse? Um, man, I feel like I could talk about this ad nauseum, but to, <clears throat> to keep it short and sweet, I feel like when, when I started playing and, you know, my friend Paul Hubert, like he can attest to this, like you had to have a serious amount of grit and drive to even really survive in the Texas paintball scene, right? Like it was, there wasn't a whole lot of support. There was zero coaching, right? Like you're level of coaching that you got was you got to go out to the local field and if you were lucky the guys that were way better than you whatever division they might have been were playing and they would just absolutely destroy you right and if you were observant enough you could learn a few things and maybe use a trick or two against them next time um but i remember you know back in the days when paul and i were kids like we would literally go to our local field in round rock and pick up paint off the ground just to try to get in like one more point right you don't see a lot of that anymore. Um, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but yeah, I think there was just a lot more grit. There was a lot more. It was it was rough, right? And it created some really stellar paintball players. Um, if you could survive that, um, I mean, what's changed for the better is, is is kind of on that same point too. It's 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 a it's a back and forth, right? There is a lot more help. We're seeing a lot more kids, like at a younger age, have that support from like the local coaching system, and that's that's great to see. I mean, uh, Cameron on Jackpot is a great example, right? Like that kid was nothing but pure raw, or is nothing but pure raw potential, and he, you know, got recognized by these local pros who are now spending the time at these fields. You know, they, they didn't used to do that, and. He's he's got a bright future ahead of him, right? And he's not the only kid like that out there. There's a lot of others. So I I'm really happy to see that, honestly. Yeah, absolutely. I think just the barrier for entry in general has uh gone down significantly, uh just absolutely. across paintball, not just in tournament play, but also recreationally with which I, I always kind of attribute to the rise of fifty cal. Um, I think that's been a huge thing, 50 cal. And then the, uh, the release of the EMEC, which, uh, that kind of replacing rental fleets everywhere is suddenly like, Hey, you have a marker that isn't heavy as hell. You have a marker that can actually shoot straight. And then 50 cal, it's like, Hey, you're experiencing it at like still all of the fun, but like maybe a quarter of the pain. So all, all of those things. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's just it's crazy how many more people have come in like since 50 cal and the EMEC have come out and I think both of those things single-handedly have brought like have been responsible for this huge resurgence and growth that we've seen in the past couple of years. Absolutely. I think that pro paintball is going to go through like almost like a bit of a second genesis because of that, right? It's it's a delayed gratification, but I, I think you hit the nail on the head. That is going to just create a whole new crop of kids that have been allowed to play paintball 
allowed to experience and allowed to learn these lessons at a younger age than any of us got to. And it's, it's going to create some serious monsters. And I can't wait to see it, honestly. I can't wait to watch. Absolutely. So, uh, Brian, same question to you. So what are some things that you've noticed have changed over time, either for better or for worse? Yeah. Um, I, w- I would say for the better, um, just these different leagues coming in when Boca Fest is coming in, USXBO under the ownership actually caring about the players and raising the prizes and really just giving the players more of an incentive to go play them. Um, you know, just winning those few events at the beginning of the season really pretty much paid for my season, which you couldn't do that last year for sure. And in reality, the the prize packages they have right now are pretty foreign to paintball as a whole. And I hope they stick with that. And I, I think they'll attract a new untapped crowd of people wanting to come play tournament paintball, which will in turn grow the sport. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Like even just within the last two years, how much prizes have gone up. Um, I know that Hinman has always had a very large cash prize over in the WC, but that seems to have finally made its way across the rest of the U S uh, at least in the local leagues. Um, so we'll, I think what we're seeing right now is that there's kind of a renewed focus on the local versus the national scene as far as the divisional teams go like obviously semi-pro and pro are always going to be nationally focused but like from division even division two uh but especially division three and down there's a huge at least what feels like locally that feels like there's a huge like growth and focus on the local versus like hey we're sending the best like division four, the best division three team to the national league. Cause there's not a whole lot of that anymore. Um, I don't know if that's because or at least like there's not a whole lot of cases of that annually. Like you'll still have teams like tribe uh, in D four that are going to go uh, run the table in D four, but it's not, there's not so much of that anymore. And I don't know if that's because of how the NXL has changed, like their point system and the lower divisions only have to play like two or three events across the entire season versus the whole thing. So uh, just based off of that, I, I think there's like much more focus on like participating locally and kind of supporting your local scenes. But, and I mean, honestly, Texas has got arguably the best competition. So if you really want to gauge yourself, go play some regional events in Texas and you're going to really see, you know, the level of competition that's out there because when you go to these Texas events, any team that makes Sunday in a Texas event has the potential to win that NXL event. And I believe that. I just believe that the grit, the talent, the hard work that's out here in Texas and the ability to play all year round really gives us quite an advantage over some of the other states. 100%. And I saw that firsthand this year in Bunker Fest, and no disrespect to these guys, but um, there is, I believe it was in the th- second event of the year there was a team called team nitro coming out of georgia that competed in division three and in their local series which i believe they competed in mvps i'm not positive on that but they were regularly getting like third place second place first place finishes uh in division three over there and then they come to bunker fest to play texas teams they got four owed every match in prelims and just it's crazy how like much more difficult it is to compete in texas than to compete on like anywhere else even like playing nxls is a lot i feel like is a lot easier than like playing a bunker fest or a usxbl event yeah yeah i mean i think um, the attraction is in the cost as well i mean regional events are always going to be cheaper than the national ones and 
get an opportunity to go play against quote unquote better teams or harder teams. And and I think with Texas, it comes down to the the discipline that these players are taught early on in Division Five and Division Four, where you know zone control, what to do here, what to do there. You know, back when I was playing up in New Jersey, until I got some of the higher divisions, like it, you weren't taught that. You were taught to go shoot them first. And you know, I, I think Texas has a much better program with that in mind from the discipline. So it's been a, a huge asset to my play game is learning the discipline from the Texas team. So I'm grateful for that. Christian, I think you can probably attest to this. Like, I feel like playing local leagues. I mean, you know, five, six plus years ago was almost you were making a compromise by doing that. It was like we're not going to spend as much money and we're going to get to play more paintball, but we're going to sacrifice in quality of you know X Y Z. You know, primarily quality of competition, right? And you know, just like you're talking about with this Georgia team, right? Like obviously the competition wasn't you know tough enough for them to actually grow. I feel like we were going through a similar thing until these leagues really picked it up. And I mean, I got to say, like, you know, I played a lot of tournaments, but, you know, this year, that regardless of the scores, there were no easy tournaments, right? Like, it was a hard-fought tournament every single event, which, you know, speaks to the quality of the competition here. 100%. I think, I don't know, there's, there's definitely a lot of things that go into that. Part of it is just there's, it feels like there's more professional players that are getting involved with their local scenes and their local teams um there's also like kind of the rise where i remember a couple of years ago like there was really just fit that was on the map or dallas teams on the map as far as dominating local scenes uh and then houston kind of like kind of stayed to themselves they didn't really uh do the main series of usxpl because they had the gcs uh but now if you think about like the different regions of Texas that have strong teams, uh, you've got like the Valley has made leaps and bounds in the last three years. Uh, you've got, I mean, balls yeah. out just won the series in Bunkerfest in D4. Uh, also Texas demolition has come out of that. Um, in San Antonio, you've got the Texas Titans that uh, kind of came out of nowhere three years ago well yeah going on three years now and have very suddenly like had a really strong like division five division four division three like they're all like very consistent team there in austin you've got uh notorious and then like the hypnotic camp as well is uh you know they're a team that you have to respect at events over in Houston. You've got a couple of teams like Houston zones done really well this year. You've got outlaw anodizing, uh, TKO, some great teams there. And then if, like, uh, even new regions that we haven't traditionally seen have kind of put themselves on the map this year, like with the El Paso teams, the donut shop mafia, like those guys are really solid ballers and just yeah. seeing it go from, like one or two regions to like eight really good cities all like you can't disrespect anybody like Lubbock. Like you think of Lubbock, like elites done really well this year as well. Um, you got guys from New Mexico coming, obviously Dallas has been great always. So it's gone from one or two cities to eight that you have to respect. Yeah. It's been cool to watch. You know, there's no like, oh, it's those guys, especially, you know, the guys from the Valley. That's been super cool, right? Like, shout out to the boy Victor, right? Like, from down there with Texas Demolition. Like, love those dudes. I mean, he's really kind of like grown that can up into something that, you know, I mean, didn't, they just 
played D1 like this year, right? In Chicago, I believe. Like, you know, I mean, you'd say uh, a team from the Valley six years ago, seven years ago, just gonna be like, okay, yeah, they're gonna play what their local league, their local three man league, like, good for them. Yeah, and they burst onto the scene, and I think in their first semi-pro event, they knocked off the Casey, Missouri All-Stars. So, yeah, a lot of talent coming out of a lot of different places. Yay, Texas. For sure. So this next question is just for Skyler. So, Skyler, this isn't your first stint with FSU. So uh, your first stint was actually 10 years ago, back in 2013. Uh, And so between then and now, you've played for several other teams, uh, just to, to name a few, Ultra, Barline, uh, the T-Rexes, Grit X, Victoria. Uh, so what was it that brought you back to FSU? Um, I mean, primarily the relationships, you know. It, I've known Mark Sr. and, you know, Marky, Mark Jr. for, I mean, since Marky was a kid. And um, I've had good experiences with them. You know, we played tournaments and... It was a lot of the, the the past reasons why I left. I honestly don't even remember. It wasn't anything like huge. There was no fallouts. It was just you know, real life probably. Um, but yeah, it was you know I was I wanted to come back and be in the same camp as like Marky and Renee and B White was still around. Um, and Brian and I had known each other from playing at X Factor against each other when he was with the IB guys. And I'd seen him, like, you know, be really the only, like, serious guy on that squad. And so I had a lot of respect for him. Um, no disrespect to the IB guys, but, like, Brian had that drive. And it was pretty apparent. And Mark Senior called me at the beginning of the year and just needed a body for XTPL. Right, Brian? I believe it was XTPL. Yeah. And, you know, I, I wasn't playing with anybody else. So I was like, yeah, I love paintball. Let's go play. Why not? got to play alongside Marky again, which was a great experience. And, um, you know, we did okay. Like we didn't win, but, um, I just kind of was like, okay, that was what it was. It was just another tournament time to go back to real life. And then Brian sends me a message on Facebook three weeks before bunker fest. Like, Hey, we really need a body. And at first I was, you know, I just moved back home. I was a little apprehensive. I was like, I, I don't know. Like, I'm kind of not really playing a lot of paintball right now. Like it's not my main focus, but you know what? Give me a day to think about it. And you know, I couldn't come up with a good enough reason to not do it. So I was like, yeah, let's do it. Sounds like fun. And then we won. And (laughs) I remember the tournament being over. We actually played in the finals against my old team for a a bunch of my best friends on uh, Austin ultra at night. It was, it's a whole story in itself. But um, I remember Brian just came up to me and he was like, so, uh, you want to play the next Bunker Fest? I'm just like, I mean, I guess, man, yeah. Like, you know, thanks for the trophy. Let's keep going. And here we are at the end of the season. It's been a year. Love it. Yeah, just uh, <laughs> why not? I love it. And you just kind of <laughs> rolled the dice there and – uh, let the opportunities uh, present themselves and then take advantage of it. So much of uh, opportunities in paintball is just kind of being open for the moment and uh, willing to say yes. Absolutely. So uh, this question is just for Brian, and this one's brought to us by Bem Raps. So Brian, uh, this 
kind of stint within your career, uh, you renewed it just two years ago. And for the last two years, uh, starting in 2021, you were a big part of the Innocent Bystanders organization before at the start of this year, you jumped over to Austin Notorious. So what was it that prompted the switch? You know, I don't, um, and before anybody thinks anything like that, it was nothing like dramatic or falling out or anything like that. It was literally just, IB was a great place for me and that part of my journey, and I was ready for the next step. Um, and then I started looking at different teams and figured, like, you know, for me personally, Austin Notorious seemed like the proof was in their successes. They had just won the, you know, the World Cup, won the pro spot. Um, I had talked to Mark a little bit out of World Cup, and when I came back, I decided to, you know, take that jump. And it's nothing against the IB guys. I love all of them, so talk to all of them. Uh, probably not Caesar as much as I wish I did, but no bad blood there. Um, a lot of those guys, the kids that I worked with on IB, went over to transition to the Gunners, who you know are, are still in their process of building their success. But love to be able to help them out whenever I can. And you know, it, it, it's like the old adage: you know, there's hobbyists and then there's athletes. There's people that wake up thinking about paintball, and then there's people that just go play Sunday with the buddies to have beer with afterwards. Um, and I felt like I was in that group and I wanted to become part of the athletic group and see where I could take this because I didn't know where my ceiling was and I'm older now. The body doesn't necessarily agree as much anymore. Um, and it's been an amazing journey. I mean, we came together, the guys that we picked for the Austin Earthquakes D4 line really meshed very, very well together. So, you know, it, I, I would say. You know, it's just been amazing coming over there. I mean, obviously, there's the character more friends on a lovely death, but, you know, it, it's, it's just been a comical journey, to say the least. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll leave it at that with Fran Sr. <laughs> Much love to Franz. Uh So... Uh, just looking, looking uh, here in the chat, we definitely have a lot of love from Aussie Boy, from Dan Shelley. Um, let's see, Chris Harrison says, what's up? Uh, Gabian Mundo says, I taught Sky everything he knows. All right. Oh, my God. Somebody had to teach you. You know what I mean? So might as well be. Big love, Gab. Yep. Uh, so <clears throat> this next question is uh, either of you guys can answer this one. It's brought to us by Mariachi Aguilas de Oro. So uh, the new Austin Notorious D4 lines seem to immediately fire on all, all cylinders. And you guys at the start of the year took four events, wins in a row at Bunkerfest, USXBL and the NXL all in uh, D4 X-Ball. So I think your match score was something crazy like 39 match wins in a row without dropping a game so uh and again this is for either of you guys so what do you feel like was the reason that you got off to such a hot start yeah i mean i can start i think sky will probably have something i'll forget to add but i mean you know a lot of it in the beginning was consistency and, and meshing with the teammates um you know in the beginning before the first bunker fest like i wanted to go into it taking it seriously and sky was at that point just guest playing with us and I mean, we just had some really hard practices. And I mean, honestly, going into Bunker Fest, I was concerned on the first one. I wasn't sure we were going to make it out of the prelims. Um, and that's just the honest truth. And that was not for lack of talent, just more for lack of time to build that relationship with your teammates because that is so important in a winning team. And man, it just seemed like, you know, 
from the first practice, like everybody just got along. It was like there was one and two relationships and the twos and threes working together. It seemed like guys have been doing that for years. Everything just fit right. Um, you know, and, and everybody was ready to set that bar for Division Four. Everybody was willing to try to work and, and raise the bar. And we did that. Um, and, and, you know, it's been a wild season. So, Skylar, I don't know what else you have to add to that, but th- those are kind of the trust and the, the gelling, for sure. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head, but I'm going to be flat, just brutally honest with you. Um, anybody who says this isn't true after they win an event is a liar. Um, there was a big element of luck, right? I mean, it doesn't matter how hard you practice or how hard you work. Like sometimes you show up to the tournament and it's just not your day. Right. We experienced that a couple of times this year, but we got, got really lucky. And I think it was kind of a, you know, a stars aligned moment where we had a really talented group of dudes. Um, we were challenged at the right moments in the tournament and we overcame that. And we had a lot of momentum going into, you know, top four and, you know, even the finals and stuff like that. Um, Once, uh, once we started trusting each other, like after the prelims, honestly, the prelims of that whole tournament are just a blur to me. I don't really remember a whole lot of it, but I do remember vividly, you know, going into the knockout rounds, um, because that was when it was like, okay, this is working. People are listening. You know, we've we've kind of established like, hey, I know me, but like, you need to trust me, and here's the proof. And everybody stepped up, right? Like, you know. I can't say that anybody of that tournament had like the tournament of their life, right? Like, obviously I think Gio got the MVP of that one, right? And he deserved it. Like he killed it in the finals and, you know, without him, we probably would have been walking away with silver, um, which again, would have been fine. But what I'm trying to make is like, like Brandon stepped up, you know, Chris had good events, you know, or, or good points. Brian had good points. Like, you know, myself, every, everybody stepped up and it just, kind of clicked right and that is it's a rare and beautiful thing i've been fortunate enough to partake in that a couple times in my career um and they're all they're all great they're all super memorable right when you just that that spark starts and you're just like okay this is cool you can run with this yeah one thing i I will say as far as the luck factor like luck is definitely required on some level to to be able to go all the way to win events but at the same time i also say that the the better and more prepared you are the more opportunities that you give yourself to be lucky so Mm -hmm. absolutely absolutely yeah i don't want to discount like the level of preparation that you guys had or your you know your also just your general talent and skill level across your line. Uh, Cause those are definitely big factors. Um, but yeah, the, the luck part definitely is uh, definitely required. And anybody who's been in long enough knows exactly what we're talking about. Like there's it, even, it comes down to like one crucial like bounce or one crucial, like, Hey, your, your ball broke. His didn't, uh, you know things, things like that, which I, I, I still um, remembering from this last Bunkerfest championship. Like I saw the the craziest, like okay, the paintball gods want this team to win story, where 
Uh, Houston zone division five is down a point to Austin Oni in the semifinals. And actually it might've been the finals. Now that I think about it, but uh, they're, they're down a point with uh, like less than a minute left. The first point took seven minutes and Austin Oni ended up winning it or whoever was in the finals. And uh, the actually, yeah, it was only in the semifinals. But anyway, um, there's less than a minute left, and Houston Zone has to go uh, attack and try to tie it up. And a bunch of chaos happens. It gets down to a, a two-on-two. Their Houston Zone's Dorito player uh, comes down the tape, gets bounced like dead center of his chest when he's at the 50, and the player in front of him is like at the Dorito one. So it's a pretty close distance, like 25, 30 feet. Bounced dead center of his chest. And then he comes out, snaps that guy out, kills the guy across field, runs and hits the buzzer with one second left to tie it and go into overtime, and then they win that point. Like sometimes it just it it comes down to stuff like that, which is it's insane. Like, and you feel for the guy on the other team because he did everything correctly. He hit a shot, uh, but you know, just it takes a little bit more than that. Those are the moments that we uh, play paintball for. Sure, he's riding, a, you know, nice little high cloud right now, telling all his buddies about that moment and stuff like that. He's going to be telling everybody that's why we play. Mm, 100%. Uh, so this next question is uh, for Brian, and it's brought to us by Paintball Kumite. So, Brian, you're often referred to as the captain of this line, and correct me if I'm wrong on that, but uh, what are all your responsibilities or your con- contributions to the line as the captain? Um, you know, I, I kind of try to be the buffer between, you know, Franz, everybody on the line, kind of sit down with Franz and talk about the concerns of the team or what we need to be successful. And, and, you know, Mark has done a very good job in providing that. Um, he's provided us a lot of quality practices and, you know, I've gotten with him and scheduling on that kind of stuff. Um, secondarily, probably the organization at the events, you know, making sure our team is prepared and we have everything we need from, you know, micros to pods to water to, you know, all those kind of things. And we, we've, you know, kind of turned the reins of that over to Ms. Ann, who's done, I mean, this team would not be as extensive as it, as it is without Ms. Ann for sure. Um, she takes a lot of that stress off everybody at the event, so we can really just focus on paintball. But, you know, I would say really just to be like that overlooker to kind of put the right pieces on the board at the right time and you know try to look at the people for their assets and what they can add to the, the value of the team as a whole and picking those pieces are difficult um a lot of personality goes into those choices a lot of skill sets things like that you know kind of just like the the behind the scenes work i try to make it as easy for the guys as i can as far as just being able to focus on just the paintball and, and produce you know wins and victories but you know, a lot of the guys help out, you know, I've leaned on Skylar a lot as, you know, what we call him as the co-captain is an experience has been invaluable. Um, and really like all the guys, Skylar's kind of hit the nail on the head before, like it just goes back into the mesh and like all the guys have stepped up at the right time and, and helping with those responsibilities as well. You know, cause I've gone through some things in my life where I'm not exactly hundred percent present or available all the time and guys have picked that slack up and that's, that's what it seems about. So I've been really happy about that. All right, I, I'm I'm gonna say a little. I, he's being modest. This dude, like, I mean, honestly, a lot of us are super busy, and you know, when it comes down to it, 
like I gotta say, this guy like comes through. Like we've always had a place to stay, always got snacks, we've always got you know great pit crew. Everything's always taken care of. Like the numbers are crunched. It, it's he's being too modest, but all right. Yeah, it's uh, it, there's there's so much more that goes into being a paintball tournament player than just the stuff that happens on the field. Uh, and which a lot of people maybe don't realize what they're getting into whenever they're creating their own teams. And uh, just shout out to all of those individuals out there that are that person for their team or for their organization. Uh, Cause it is a lot of extra work. It's, it can be like oftentimes a, a second job almost in everything that you have to make sure that you're doing with uh, like even, even like simple things like, making sure that all of your teammates go to the right field or are at practice on time, like things like herding cats. Uh, but there's, there's a lot of logistic work and, uh, also like even the, I love how you mentioned and shouted out and, um, like the, yeah, absolutely. Uh, the team behind the team, like the paintball is won and lost in the pits for sure. Like the more that you can have your players on the field, only focus on playing and nothing else, the more successful that they're going to be, which yeah, it makes everything a lot easier when, you know, after a point win or loss, you just come off and really the only thing you have to worry about is making sure you got wiped down, get some water and what corrections do I need to make? And, you know, I, I feel like at some point from walking out, of the nets back to the net somebody has filled my pods filled my tank with air fresh hopper paint you know come up with advice from a, a sideline point of view which really makes a huge difference having knowledgeable people in the pits too um, just to be able to tell you some of the corrections you know shoot six inches lower shoot higher those type of things so and, and you know you couldn't set a better man it's definitely one of the pits stressful pits never win they just don't yeah i will say that this has been like uh, of all the teams I've played for, like probably one of the best pit experiences that I've ever had. Um, you know, the two that come to mind are Ultra and you know this this generation of notorious that I've played for, and you know the success in both of those teams I think speaks for itself. So, yep, absolutely. And for anybody anybody out there who doesn't know, uh, maybe you're on a team that like. Like just just imagine the difference between hey you're only focusing on the game plan or what what's happening next point versus the point ends and everybody is running is yelling hey did someone run pods because we've all been there yeah it gets stressful fast that is the worst yeah mm-hmm. or you go out onto the field and realize oh I didn't get air or you're you're hearing oh uh, you're getting called out on an old hit. You know things like that, which it it can snowball very quickly. Not just like the the raw, like oh you you lose bodies because of that, but like the mentality, it it can be very tough to come back from things like that. So shout out to all of the pit crew and pod runners out there that are that all do it for us, to, and not even like get to enjoy watching or pl- being a player on the field because it is a very crucial job that allows so many of us to be successful in the field yeah guys thank your pit crew buy them lunch yeah. like it's, it's, we've all done it it's no fun like take care of them 
For sure. Uh, this next question is for Skyler, and it's brought to us by YI Paintball. So, Skyler, you're probably the most experienced player on your line. Uh, you've played with a couple of upper divisional teams like Grit X and X Factor D2. Uh, so how have you used your experience to help your team and your teammates grow? Um, I mean, to try to distill that answer, honestly, I just try to pass down the, the lessons that have been taught to me over the years. Um, I know I said earlier that you, know, you kind of had to fight for every morsel of information that you could get, but eventually people did take me under their wing and start showing me the ropes and really kind of leading the way. Um, Cause you don't, you don't know what you don't know, um, but I mean, I wouldn't be half the player that I am today without, you know, the lessons from the people that came before me. I mean, you know, short list, like Mikey Villarreal, Benjamin Davis, uh, Colt Roberts, Michael Kovar, Jesse, like, you know, the list goes on. I really just try to like pass down these little nuggets of gold that I can remember um, to anybody who needs them, right? Like I really saw, I'll use Chris as an example. I really saw a just an incredible amount of potential, raw potential in him as a player this year. And, you know, he plays a snake side and I've always been a, not always, but I've always loved the snake side and um, it's been my favorite place to be. And just, you know, no matter what, it's like everybody can be like, Hey, good job, Chris. You know, in practice, you shot three people. I'll pull them aside and be like, okay, like, yes, you shot three people and that's great. But like, let's back this up a little bit. You know, when you went here, you did this X, Y, Z, you should have done ABC. Right. Or like, you're obviously panicking here. And like, here's how we calm down. Here's why we calm down. It, that really just kind of is what comes to mind. Yep. So much of the uh, game is mentality. Like even, uh, even the difference between like D like division four and division three, like in terms of like individual mechanics isn't all that much, but the difference between division four and division three in mentality and teamwork and communication is, it can be massive, especially from like the lower end of division four to like the mid to high tier of division three. And uh, just having that mental game and that mental growth there is it's, that's like the, the biggest part of getting better. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's really just understanding that even though you might be really amped up and, might be really you know your adrenaline's flowing you're excited you're nervous all these things you need to recognize hey i gotta take a deep breath i gotta check on my teammates right i have to ask good questions i have to check in on them hey what are you doing right now right and that, that's something that we've preached all year long i think that was kind of my biggest talking point i'm sure that everybody on the team will probably roll their eyes and be like yeah he won't shut up about this he's always telling me like ask good questions check on your teammates but that's you know it's the most important part. It's the mindset. They're like, I don't care how good your snapshot is. If you're not doing your job or you're doing the same job that the three dudes beside you are doing, it doesn't matter because that dude's going to come and shoot from her back. For sure. Uh, I think uh, Skyler's being a little modest there as well. I think uh, one of the things Tyler has done for 
myself and a lot of the other teammates has kind of held us up to that standard that we have set for ourselves. Um, it's very, it was a foreign thing for me to win points and come off and get down on the pitch for doing something wrong. But it was, you know, what needed to happen. Um, you know, he, I would say he was a huge contributor to forcing us to play like a team. He's usually the first one that recognizes like, hey, we're not clicking. What do we need to fix? Um, and, and that level of experience and having been down that road is especially detrimental to people like Chris and like Hitchcock. Those guys that play a, a similar position to what Tyler does, is, is he's been a huge, you know, knowledge bank for them, I'm sure, and, and myself as well. You know, it, it's always it's always nice when you look over and it's like, okay, I got Skyler and Geo and the Snake, and it's like it, it's a comforting feeling knowing that it makes it that much easier to trust your teammates. You know, when it's like, oh, we're you know four and five, but it's fine. I've got Brandon or Tyler Kidd and the Doritos; they'll be fine. And I like that level of trust. You know, it, it comes from almost force feeding it to us at some point from Skyler. You know, we did the, all the different scrimmages against the different teams we've done that. And, you know, on paper, they look like they went really well. And then I got Skyler yelling in my ear about him missing the guy off the break or something like that. And, and, but that's what's necessary to that championship caliber team is there's so much that comes from the players and especially the experienced players like Skyler that where, where people really look at him in, in tough situations for that person to, kind of find some confidence in, you know, when we're down and somebody I'll look over at and say, okay, look, we can do this. And, and that, that's the, the level of, you know, uh, teammate that Skyler is for me, you know, I can't speak on everybody else, but just what I've seen is, you know, he's definitely the guy I look to when we're down three Oh in the finals to zone at the second bunker fest. And he's like, Hey bro, I could wake the fuck up. Let's go do this. And, and I'm, I was able to contribute in those situations due to teammates like Skyler. So don't let him sell himself short there. I appreciate that. I, I really do, man. Uh, but I will say, like, uh, I want to kind of point out that, like, you, you can be the, the best coach in, in the world. It doesn't matter, right? Or you can just be the coach. It doesn't matter. Um, but if you don't have dudes that are willing to listen and dudes that are willing to take constructive criticism, then it doesn't matter, right? It, it, it's irrelevant. It's a non-starter. Um, and that kind of speaks to the team and the guys. And that was a, a big thing coming back to, you know, that question earlier about like why do you think we had so much success and, and i know that brian kind of said that he was worried and, and you know i i'm gonna be honest i didn't think that we were just gonna go in and sweep everybody and win the first bunker fest but there was a lot of potential and just because it was my first couple practices with these guys it didn't mean a whole lot and so i'm still chirping at them i'm still saying like no you're doing this wrong and here's why and nobody freaked out nobody took it personal nobody you know, was you know, meet me in the parking lot or nothing like that, which has happened, right? Like people, people let their egos get in the way, and there's there's none of that. Yeah, for sure. The sport um, and are willing to take constructive criticism. That's rare, right? And that's you know, when I came to this team, it was like, okay, we got something special here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so looking at the chat here, uh, first of all, welcome. Uh, and thank you for anybody who's tuning in live. Um, if you have questions that you want to ask Skylar and Brian, be sure to get your questions in the chat. Uh, we're getting toward the later part of our show. So make sure they're good in and we'll make sure to go through and answer them. Uh, for example, this one right here from uh, Change in Lanes, which is Lane Myers. He says, uh, speaking of luck, 
asks Skylar about winning the race car. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I won a race car. Um, it was 2020, yeah. And um, I had a motorcycle at the time, and I was... You know, maybe, you know, a couple drinks in and I was scrolling through Instagram and I saw one of those targeted ads from this company called Tuner Cult, which you guys aren't familiar with that name. It's kind of like 8080. They do raffles for you know, when you buy stuff, you get X amount of raffle tickets. Um, I wasn't really paying attention to that. I didn't even know what car was up on the raffle. It was just, hey, I really like that hoodie. It's getting a little cold. I'd love a hoodie to have to ride my motorcycle with. And I get a phone call like two or three weeks later. And this number had been calling me and I, I, I don't usually answer numbers that I don't know. So I kept ignoring it, kept ignoring it. And they weren't leaving the voicemail. So I was like, yeah, it must be spam. And I finally answered to like, give this dude a piece of my mind and be like, who are you? Like, why are you calling me? Stop it. And the first thing I say is like, hey, are you, you know, you know, Skyler? And like, yes. Well, you, you won the giveaway. I was like, oh, the giveaway, huh? Yeah, sure. What giveaway? The tuna cult giveaway that you entered, right? This is your information. This is your address. You bought this hoodie, correct? And I'm like, oh, okay, wait, this is real. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, and I bought, a, I bought one hoodie from them, and it came with a 2010 Evo that was fully built and 30 grand in cash. And, uh, it was one of the wildest experiences of my life. Flew out to California, picked the car up with my little brother, Seal, and we drove it back, made a road trip out of it. It was amazing. It was one of the weirdest, again, things that has ever happened to me. And yes, I have bought a lot of tickets since, and I've won nothing. So. I love it. Made me feel like I need to answer all those numbers. I don't know on my phone now. <laughs> yeah, well, I maybe. I don't know. Or buy more hoodies. Yeah. Right. Buy more hoodies. Yeah. There it is. All right. I can't tell you the number of people that came up to me after that and was like, dude, I thought that was fake. Like, I went as soon as I saw that you won and I bought a bunch of stuff. <laughs> it's like, okay, man. Like, play down. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> it looks like the ads are working, dude. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, so, this next question is for both of you guys. It's brought to us by FU Athletics. Go to thefuathletics.com and use code INTHEPITS25 for 25% off of your order. So uh, we're going to start with Brian on this one. So throughout your entire career, do you have a single favorite moment? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, you know, I would probably refer more to my newer career, uh, stint, you know, since being in Texas. I would say, um, it, you know, it's a, it, as a team success, I would say probably the first Bunker Fest. Um, just to talk to myself and going in there and we just – I mean, Bunkerfest was made out to be this huge, you know, uh, bar to go win and, and set. So the fact that we were able to do that on two or three practices and, and really not, I mean, we were struggling with calls with each other. So, you know, just to be able to go out and do that was something special. And on an individual level, I would say probably my one-on-one -on -one win against Zone in the finals when we were down 3-0. I would say that's probably one of the cooler moments in my career for sure. Um you know, and, and no shade on zone there. I love those guys. And, you know, it was just my day that day and theirs, but it was their day at USXBL and not ours. So that's what happens when two good teams meet and it can go either way. 
For sure. Uh, and I definitely can't blame you for uh, referring to Texas as being your favorite. Yeah. I mean, it's New Jersey was cool, but it, that was back in the day. It was like everybody was shooting 05 Timmy's and the 05 Ego. It just came out. And the game has grown and changed a lot. Um, but when I came back in, it was definitely a big adjustment period. Even having played MPPL and PSPs and stuff like that, it's just a totally different game now. Um, I mean, God, back when I played, you didn't, they didn't even shoot crossfield lanes because there was a big old X in the middle. Everybody, yeah, it was all heads up. And it's just it's nice to see the sport growing like that. For sure. Uh, Skyler, same question to you. Do you have a single favorite moment in your career so far? Uh, honestly, man, it's a tie. Um, you know, my season with Ultra was full of ups and downs as well, right? I feel like that's typical of any like long, you know, productive season with the team and just fighting tooth and nail with them. And then finally getting to hoist that series title trophy for the NXL was a moment that I will absolutely never forget. Um, you know, getting to shout out like my late coach on the stage with everybody with dudes who like also, you know, were under his tutelage and it, it was, it was special. It was really special. Um, and it is, I'm, I'm not going to say that I like to compare them, but you know, I, I'd say another really special moment was also the second bunker fest. Um, when Brian won his one-on-one, what he, gracefully decided to omit was that right before that I was in the snake and you know zone snake player he's he's one of the sneakiest guys I've ever played a heads up with he just makes you forget about him he's like got a special Jedi mind thing trick power and um I totally lost him and it was a two-on-one I look over at Brian and just go hey Brian recon like where is this dude what's the kill count what's going on I'm also exhausted at this point, right? Like, we just come back on what was about to be a four-point run, win it, and I just get blasted on the side of the face. And I'm like, oh, no. So I have to walk back to the pits and watch Brian one-on-one this dude. And Brian ends up winning. Um, but what made that tournament so special, there was a lot of family stuff that was going on right before that. Um, I think you know, a week or two prior, and you know, my dad, he's a he's like my hero, man. And he kind of just was like, Hey, like I just need you to focus. I need you to you know, you you've committed to doing this. We need to go to this tournament, you need to go play. And you know, my sister was in like a real, real bad accident and there was just a lot of things up in the air, but to go and go through that whole tournament and just kind of be pushing everything down, all the like emotions, the thing you want to think about, and just just focus on the tournament, and then to win it, and just have all that stuff just like erupt. It, it I, I don't think I've ever felt a greater like weight pulled off my shoulders. I mean, I'm not too proud to say that like I just absolutely collapsed and broke down and cried like a baby. You know, that was it was something super special. And, you, know, you got to say like, hey, look, you went and did this. I respected my dad's wishes, you know, won it for my sister, for family, for friends. Like, it was, it was amazing. Sure. <clears throat> All right. So this, uh, let's look, let's look here in the chat, see what else we got. Let's see. Uh, Texas Menace says, howdy y'all. Uh, he, he's asking, he says, Skylar sing us a song. 
Um, maybe later. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy S says I be for life. Nice. Nice. Shout out to Jeremy. <laughs> then, uh, yep. So, uh, See, our next question is uh, for either of you guys. So we're going to talk about this season now. Uh, so obviously you had a hot start, but it, the season didn't finish the way you guys wanted. Uh, and even though you had like commanding leads in both USXBL and BunkerFest, you ended up finishing second in the series for both. So, uh, and again, either of you can answer this. Uh, what do you think could be factors contributing to that? And do you have any advice or words of warning for anyone listening, looking to learn from that experience? Uh, yeah, I can chime in real quick. I'm, like I said, I'm sure Skylar has something to add to But, um, you know, this season was a, a lot of roller coasters, you know, up, down, up, down throughout the season, people with life happening, you know, uh, player fatigue, stuff like that, lack of uh, level of commitment versus the beginning of the season toward the end. Um, I would say there was a good stint where uh, Skylar made a point that we hadn't had a full practice with a full line since Texas uh, NXL. And we were getting ready to go into that bunker fest that we really tanked at. And I think that was a huge contributor to it. So I think my best advice is if you make that commitment at the beginning of the season, and you really mean it, make sure you stick with it all season. Um, and it's hard like to win and to be that committed. And we were playing three leagues. That's, you know, I was out of town sometimes twice a month for tournaments. Um, and it was good and dandy in the beginning, but there's all the practices in between that are crucial to those successes and those events. And that was probably where we relaxed too much. So I would say just, if you make that commitment, just keep working. Don't lose sight of that goal. Don't rest on your laurels and your successes. Um, it definitely dropped the pride and ego. I mean, there was a few times where there were some pride and ego issues in our, in our team. And, you know, we had to check those pretty quickly. Um, I would say it sucks. It's, it's you know, it's it was a hard pill to swallow coming in second in both series when we were so far. I mean, fuck, man, we won we had two first places in the second place and we're still lost fucking season. Like that's, that, that is our fault um, as teammates. And we are going to have to look back at that. And we are faced with a crossroad right now is do we just accept that and split up or do we accept that and remake that commitment and continue to work hard next season, which is the route that currently we are going. So. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think Brian really brought that home, but, I mean, I don't know if it's a warning as much as it is just an observation, right? And this is something that we talked about at the end of the last tournament um, when the dust settled and, you know, it was obvious that we weren't going to win, you know, the series for USXBL, which meant that that was the second series that we were losing over the series, or, you know, the sequence of like 10 days. It was, people were pretty down, right? Everyone's like, I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. And, and I think that it's really easy to go out there and, and being around paintball long enough, you'll see these trends, right? This ebb and flow, these groups of people that come in and they have a lot of raw talent and you know, maybe they're good friends, they get along and they have a lot of success for a tournament or two or, you know, hell, maybe a season. And then something happens and then just they kind of fade into obscurity 
It's the most challenging thing that any athlete can do in any sport is to be consistent. Right? Consistency is that that great white whale, like the most evasive thing out there. Um, that's what makes the great teams great. I mean, you know, Dynasty going on the run that they did. I mean, Impact back in the day. I mean, Infamous, you name it, right? <clears throat> I mean, X-Factor's had some really... I think that speaks to X-Factor like as a team. is like how consistent they've been. Right? They didn't miss a Sunday for how long. That's super amazing. Um, and arguably more impressive, in my opinion, than just winning a tournament or two. Um, if you're trying to do it, like Brian said, practice, 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 right? And, and practice in, a, in an intentional way. I think that a lot of teams love to show up to practice um, without a plan. And I think that they love to just kind of say, like, well, you know what? I played paintball today, so that, that makes me better. It's like, yeah, you're right. But the guys that you're playing against are running, like, organized drills, and they're, they're working out on their off days, and they're watching game film. And they're, you know, bonding together and getting to know each other like they're their teammates on and off the field. You know, that is just incredibly valuable. So there, there's a long list of things, of warnings and old wives' tales and things to look out for. But, yeah, I think what really got us this year was we just played so much paintball, man, that, like, real life gets in the way. The season is long. The season is very long. Right. It happened to all of us at some point. Right? Like I was on, I had to go somewhere, you know, Brian had to go somewhere and it just, I couldn't get together to put the work in and teams figured us out because good teams will do that. And like we spoke of earlier, like there's a lot of good teams around here. Like if we were in some local league, full of a bunch of teams that maybe weren't as talented, we might've gone undefeated all season. Who knows? We'll never know. It doesn't matter. What matters is we didn't put the work in when we were supposed to, and it's on us. I will say, yeah, we lost, but like, uh, I guess a silver lining that I brought up to the boys after the last tournament was we lost this as a team, and we didn't just roll over and die. You know, we went out there and we beat the crap out of Tribe. You know, they're a good team. They're a very good team. I've lost a tribe more than once in my career. Um, I think that says a lot. But it just wasn't enough. So work your ass off in short. <laughs> and don't stop. Yeah, I know that some others that I've talked to and even just some things that I've listened to from like Kobe Bryant's perspective, uh, like he's an absolute, you know, he was an absolute master and like prime example of someone who just did not stop working. And, uh, the way, and I'm, I'm not going to remember the exact words, but it, it was something to the effect of you have to have like an acquired taste for drills for uh you know falling in love with the sound of a paintball hitting a metal plate or a traffic cone or you know falling in love with 
doing your, you know, laning drills and, and seeing paint hit a barrel over and over and over again. Um, and yeah, the paintball season is very long. It's effectively like nine months out of the year is you go from mid March, unless, I mean, unless you're in Texas and you're doing stuff during the winter, like frostbite, then it's a nonstop season. Like XTPL has an event at least once a month. It feels like, uh, so like that can, that can burn you out. And we've seen it like players all the time. will take breaks or they'll, they'll leave the game entirely for one or multiple years and then come back. And I think part of it is just sometimes teams and players, when they make a commitment to a series or uh, I know in y'all's case, like three different series, cause you did bunker fest, you did USXBL. And then a lot of y'all also went up to Kansas to compete in the series. So being honest with what that truly involves to be able to do it and win is a lot of obviously not just like the financial and travel and like put it on your calendar for the the day of the event but the practices leading up to that as well a lot of saturday sunday a lot of at least once a week if not multiple times a week of drills a lot of meeting together as a team to watch footage um it's a much bigger task than what people might originally think inside their head, which is why winning is so tough. And yeah, Jeremy in the chat, he says, become obsessed. Yeah. You, you really do have to, in order to be a, like in order to do things like win a series. And I mean, like, Again, also what we were saying earlier with Texas being really good, like you guys absolutely set the bar at the start of the year. But the rest mm-hmm. of Texas, rather than saying, you know what, we're going to concede this one, we'll regroup for next year. No, they all worked their asses off. And yeah, they they came and took it. So like that's, it's, it's, it's tough because Texas teams do not, uh, do not quit, which uh, makes it, all the more special to be a part of, to be completely honest. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, iron sharpens iron, man. And, you know, I, I will stand by that till the day I die. Um, I, when I got to Bunkerfest, I overheard uh, a couple of dudes talking. I wasn't in any of my Notorious gear, right? It was not obvious that I was, you know, playing for Notorious. It's like, oh, yeah, hey, good to see you, blah, 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 and all the normal catch-up stuff. And then over here, they're like, yeah, Notorious looks like they've got the season locked up you know, for the series, but, like, we're still going to go out there and go for it, right? Like, they just refuse to give up. And I think if the, you know, shoe was on the other foot, we'd be saying the exact same thing. In fact, I know we'd be saying the exact same thing, which is why these teams have started to pop up, you know. In the numbers that they have, which is cool. It's really cool. Absolutely. Um, yeah, let's see. So this next question is for either of you guys, and it's brought to us by Hydra. So one other thing that I do want to touch on is the uh, mid-season coaching change that you guys went through. 
So uh, you started the year under Coach Tyler Spees, but midway through you uh, uh, you had a coaching change and you started to be coached by some of the pro players on the Austin Notorious pro line, uh, like Jared, Marky, and Renee. So uh, you don't obviously don't have to go into any detail as like the specifics of why the coaching change happened, but um, could you touch on like what what does a midseason coaching change? What effects do they have on a team? Yeah, that's a that's a rough one. Um, so yeah, you know, start out foremost, um, there were some disagreements, hard ways. Uh, still love Tyler Speed. Still actually talk to him today. Talk to him all the time. I'm still a good friend. That will not change because of paintball related issues. Um, but I, I think the biggest thing you lose when something like that happens, when you've had a coach that you've been highly successful with, you know, the, it's structured, it's going well, everybody's happy. And then that gets kind of pulled out from underneath you. It, it, the, the trust that's lost in your coach. And we go back to in the pits where it's one in the pits where you have this ex pro level guy who has a high paintball mindset and knowledge watching these points break down from a sideline, from an angle and view that we don't have as players and can really help you make the correct adjustments. So once you build that trust with someone, it, it becomes almost second issue. You come out, the guy's like, you know, Tyler would be like, hey, bro, you're shooting too low. Okay, boom, I go out and I hit the shot. And I think the fear of not having that still was what created the biggest hurdle for us. Um, but, you know, Jared and Marky and Renee and those guys really stepped up. And, I mean, I don't need to touch on their successes to – you know, validate their knowledge of paintball as a sport. Um, you know, I, it, it goes into confidence too. I, I think a lot of confidence was pulled out from underneath everybody. Um, regardless of whether Tyler was a coach, he was a big part of the band. Um, as far as on a personal, you know, personality level. So I, I think having that pulled out a few days before the event was, you know, pretty shitty and how it all how it all unfolded, but. You know, it, it, it did, and a coach does not make a team. You know, that relies, that lies on us as players to pick up that slack, and we were given ample support by Notorious with Jared, Markey, and Renee, which was fantastic. And we just weren't able to deliver, and, and we can sit here and pick that apart or just try to look at the footage and the film and try to figure out what those pieces are that we need to connect and to get this thing back to being successful again because, you know, it's there, and once you get a taste for it, man, it's – Hard to let go of that. And I don't know if Scott yeah. has anything to add to that. Yeah, um, I think that that event specifically, it, it was almost like a perfect storm, right? Um, you know, I'm not going to get into all the stuff that happened or the disagreement or anything like that. Like, it, it, it was what it was, right? And as players, it was that's exactly what, you know, Brian and I in a leadership position told him, like, hey, this is what it is. We move forward. Right, honor and upward. This is what we do. Um, we have a job to do. Let's go do it. Um, we didn't perform that job to our potential, obviously, and that tournament specifically um, ended up costing us a series. Uh, and it, it couldn't have been closer. You know, it literally came down to the last match of the prelims and the last point, and mistakes were made. Um, and it's not any individual player, but I think that that tournament also, if you remember that event, that layout 
was one of the slowest layouts I have ever played on in my life, which I just personally I can't stand, right? Like I'm sure some guys love it. I'm sure the guys at Core and GI just absolutely love it because they're making tons of money. But um that's not a that's not a jab, right? It's it's sometimes that's just how layouts happen. Right, I'm. I'm sure I'm, there's no evil cabal of dudes that are like, we're gonna make this layout super slow, so all these dudes just shoot all this paint. Like, you're just trying stuff, right? Every layout has to be new, it has to be original. You don't know how these guys are gonna play it, but that one ended up being incredibly slow. And what that translates to is, from a coaching perspective, coaches who are coming up with the the, the line really like the play is kind of relevant. Like, you you really know. And where these dudes are going like you get to five spots alive and you play table right so it changes from hey let's try these crazy moves and let's try to do this let's try to do that to a, a mix of personality right and you're asking these coaches who haven't been directly involved you know you're asking whatever coach you bring it doesn't matter it could have been you know i can't remember whatever right he's an amazing coach um you're asking this coach to come in and make decisions based off of player personality, not just how they're going to react in the first 10 seconds, but how they're going to react post-shakedown. Right? And that's what that layout really came down to, was how the players react. You know, this their second point. You know, they're down by one or up by one. It doesn't matter. And, you know, this point's gone on for four and a half minutes. They're down to their last pod, you know. Are they watching the clock? Are they a naturally aggressive player? Are they naturally a little more timid when things start getting you know, down to the wire like this? Are they going to continue to communicate when they're tired, right? Or are they just going to kind of zone in and like do their thing? Like, these are intangibles and that a new coach has no way of knowing. So I really think that that was kind of a perfect storm for us. It ended up costing us, but Brian's point as players, we probably should have, not probably, we definitely should have stepped up more and said, hey, happy you're here, but like, we need to have a little bit more input because we know these guys' personality, you know, no offense, better than you do. Um, stuff like that definitely kept me up at night for a long time. Things, you know, concerns that should have been raised and stuff. But, yeah, it was a bit of a perfect storm. Yeah, that's a very uh, difficult situation to be in. Uh, basically, having no, having not rehearsed this new system that you're suddenly found yourselves in. Um, like the there's the old saying of like when when push comes to su- shove, you don't rise to the occasion; you fall back on your level of training. And for to to kind of figure out a new system on a fly with new uh, coaching staff is a very tall task when especially on like a slower layout points come at a premium where you you may only have like a two to one match and when you're only playing three points in a match where like any single mistake means a body and a body means a point and a point like takes off you know four or five minutes of the game clock then you know, there's not a, there's not a whole lot of room for error there. So yeah, arguably next to zero. You know. Yeah, which is it. I mean, I have personal opinions on uh, the whole how 
how like the current format of paintball is played. Uh, I think that the if anything, we should be looking for longer match times because that way we have more room for this kind of momentum game back and forth between points and uh, just throughout the match. You can you can see some crazy like more more risk being taken. Um, yeah, and on a quick aside to your point, exactly like that's what personally got me into paintball man you know that was when i started looking at paintball videos like fast paintball is fun to watch right it's explosive it's you know people try things you can afford to make mistakes um i know there's probably you know if somebody's watching this who is you know in the decision making team they're probably pulling their hair out right now saying well this is why we do this and that and like that's fine you have your reasons but personally I think that we should be trying to make this sport more explosive and fun to watch. And to do that, you can't make every decision that a, a paintball player makes, especially in lower divisions where they don't have the experience to just sift through all of this stuff. You can't make it life or death, right? For the match as a whole, you have to make it like, hey, you're allowed to make mistakes. Go try something. Maybe you get lucky, right? Like that's fun paintball. Yep. And, uh, gives me some thoughts on, you know, have, have y'all heard of the new format that they're debuting at cup? No. Yeah. So the, uh, pros are going to be doing an exhibition game on Wednesday where the tournament is essentially, um, they're doing like a whole scoring system where like, if you, there's like buttons that you can hit. And if you hit the, a button, like on a 50, then it's like a field goal. But if you, hit the button at like their start box. It's a touchdown, but essentially it's like race to two and you play a total of three points against an opponent and that's your match. And each point is like for a maximum of four minutes long. And my whole thought is like, that's going backwards. Like we need more points and more game time, not less. I mean, what, what this thing? I, th- I think they're like kind of experimenting with the format uh, potentially as like a other thing that they can sell to TV deals or whatever. I don't know exactly what Tom Cole has planned, but um, uh, I don't know. I think, I think that we need more game time in general. Agreed. Yeah. More game time, more room for mistakes, man. Mm. Which, yeah, uh, think- go ahead, Brian. You see some of these games that they come out with, I think, in my opinion, it's just too complicated. Paintball is complicated enough of a sport. It's complicated enough to get five guys to get on the same page to go shoot the other people first than it is to worry about different buzzers in different places. But, you know, I, I think anything that we're trying that with the intention of is to be good for the sport, let them try it. But, I mean, I, I don't think I would play that format. I don't think I would watch that format. That's the big thing. Well. We will see. Uh, we'll see how yeah. uh, Wednesday at Cup goes because I think they are going to stream it on Go Sports. So, so yeah, um, yeah, for sure. Uh, and uh, one more thing that I kind of want to conclude with, like going back to uh, an earlier point that was made about uh, like consistency over the course of a season <clears throat> and just how much work that requires to not only get on top but stay on top. That makes like look at paintball fit season that they're having this year. That makes it all the more special because they're four for four 
on tournament wins. They've dropped a single game all season long, and that was in the prelims to Colorado Blitz in Texas. Meanwhile, Blast Camp has dropped four games all season long, all of them in the finals against Fit. Three of them were one point matches. Two of them were in overtime. Like the, yeah. like despite you know finishing second on all of those, like the the amount of work that both of these teams are putting in is absolutely like colossal. And yeah, just uh, it just feels like that the that level of work uh, needs to be recognized a little bit more. Absolutely. Yeah. And, I don't think people talk enough ahead, about that stuff. Sorry, I don't think people talk enough about all the behind-the-scenes stuff that goes into those, you know, call them championship-caliber teams or people that are acting like that. Like, there's so much in an event, so many moving pieces. Like, your nutrition throughout the event. What are you doing for you know recovery after the event at the hotel? You know, those are things that people don't talk about enough, and it's, you know, that are detrimental to the success of a team. Um, and it's that extra step, and that's the extra step that separates some of these teams out. Is what are you doing in your quote unquote free time? Are you watching film? Are you, you know, it, it, like Jeremy said it before, you know, perfect. He's got to be obsessive. I mean, I if beginning of the, really throughout this whole season, I'd be at work and I'd catch myself thinking about a mistake I made in a match from four months ago. And you know, it's probably not the healthiest obsession, but you know, it's better than drugs. <laughs> Um, Christian, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, is it still possible for fit because of the double points thing for them to not win the series? Yes. So how, That's crazy. so however, the only two teams that can win the series in semi pro are fit and blast camp. Nobody else is in the running okay. because of the whole, um, how they're doing the quarterfinal buys at world cup. Mm-hmm. So the top four teams for throughout the series will get buys into quarterfinals and they'll play each other in prelims to kind of determine the seating for quarters. Um, and I released a post, I think last week, but um, fit automatically gets a series if they get third place or higher. Okay. Uh, Blast camp has to finish three spots ahead of fit to steal. So, Technically, Fit can go two and four and win the series. They can lose all of their prelim games. They can win the quarterfinals game, lose semifinals, and, and then win the third place match, and still and still have the series. I'm yeah. sure there's no place they'd rather have that ball than but in their hands. You know what I mean? At least they have control over that. And you know, I, I think the end of our season was pretty rough, but. You know, I wish nothing but the fit guys the best and hope they're able to. I mean, they definitely put all the hard work in. There's no doubt about that. So that's not a factor for them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, wish them all the best and trying to clinch up this season. They deserve it. I mean, those guys, they're constantly at the paintball field. So I can't think of anybody that deserves it more than they do. So, yeah, talking about becoming obsessed, there's no other family that's more obsessed on this yeah. planet than the Luke House. No, yeah. absolutely not. All right, so uh, that kind of brings us here towards the end. So if you're in the chat, uh, last chance to get any questions in that you want to ask Skylar and Brian. Uh, so this next question is brought to us by Get That Shot. 
uh, which I'm wearing his shirt, by the way. So message him, get that underscore shot on Facebook or Instagram. He is now booking teams for the NXL World Cup. So uh, if you're needing media coverage, hit him up. Uh, so this question is the one that I ask everybody that comes on the show. It kind of gives me, uh, kind of keeps me in the know about any up and comers or people getting slept on out there that, uh, deserve us, deserve some spotlight. So, uh, for both of you, is there anybody in Texas, either, uh, teams, players, brands, or projects that have caught your attention lately? Who do you think deserves more recognition for what they're doing? Go ahead, Brian. You go first, man. Um, I mean, brands, the first thing that definitely comes to mind uh, is the I Hate Paintball guys. Just because, like, they're so funny. And uh, I don't remember, was it the... Uh, first off, I mean, that's the most common expression ever from any paintball player who, like, takes this seriously and, like, plays through a whole season. I mean, you know, you're sitting there, especially when it starts getting colder and freezing your ass off before the sun comes up shivering changing into these clothes and you're just like i hate paintball so much that's um <laughs> but i remember it was like bunker fest like the, the louisiana event the mardi gras event we were there i was there with uh, some of the ultra guys and ben davis came up to me and he was like dude the i hate paintball guys made a headband out of an old couch like an old felt couch and he was like, I have to have it. And ever since then, I mean, that was the funniest thing I've ever heard. It's like, yeah, these guys are great. Right? So, yeah, if you haven't heard of I Hate Mayball.net, I think is like the official. Um, go check them out. They're so funny, dude. Yeah, I would say uh, people and brands, uh, people and teams, I would say, you know, probably somebody who's the, living the paintball dream right now is probably Shelda. I mean, the kids out there writing kids books about paintball and working with dynasty and kids all over the world and say such people play paintball and i mean if, if you don't know this particular interface i would definitely book him while you can and get that shot as well um use afg use all those guys before love all of them um team wise i mean in the division four bracket which majority of these teams will probably move up to division three next year but if you don't know the team names like balls out zone you know those, those teams like that that we have battled with all season um, obviously, Ultra, you mentioned a bunch here. Um, there's been some teams that have really stepped up to the plate and really given us a run for our money and, and beaten us in the times that we needed to win. Um, so nothing but respect for those guys. I love the practices. We get together with Titans and Zone and, you know, just go out there and play paintball together with everybody and learn. And You know, if, if you don't know some of those teams, you probably should start watching them at some of the events and, and really paying attention to how they're playing the field and, you know, their successes and mistakes and stuff like that. Quick shout out to Sheldon for giving me his Puka Shell necklace. You're the goat. You're the best, dude. Thank you. Like, I'm never, never going to wear that. You're the best. Retract my statement. He didn't give me a Puka necklace. Retract. Bring it back, bro. Bring it back. Telling you right now. Circa 2000. Jesus. Yeah, uh, speaking Puka of, he's actually going to be he's going to be next week's guest. So uh, we'll get to hear from nice. Dan himself. Dan hey, the man. Yeah. Yeah. Where's Dan? There you go. Yep. There's definitely a lot of uh, individuals and teams that are uh, that are rising up and uh, really just putting their mark in paintball, uh, whether it just be releasing cool stuff, releasing content, uh, 
really, you know, making their name known on the field as well. Um, yeah, definitely, definitely an exciting time to be in Texas because a lot of different people are stepping up on a lot of different fronts. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. One last question here in the chat uh, from CJ Helfrich. He asks, uh, would you, either of you guys ever consider coaching a lower division team? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so funny story. I actually played football as a child, uh, like pop corner football with CJ's older brothers. Um, so to see him get into paintball and then see him at outlaw playing with Oni and like them be successful has been super cool. So yeah, CJ, you got my number, dude. Come on, man. Yeah, there's something, yeah, uh, something cool about coaching. Uh, it's a different experience. It's rewarding, I think, in some sense to, you know, especially when they listen, because I've coached some teams before where I've just been like, I can sit here and tell you what to do, but if you don't do it, I mean, it, you know, it's not my fault, but and then I've had other teams we've coached that, you know, word for word, listen to all your instructions and, and that way, you know, being successful and it's a great experience to be a part of. Yeah. You know, I've felt that joy of winning these events and these tournaments and, and it's an amazing thing to pass that on and and you if you want to win in paintball surround yourself with people who know how to win because that's a very true statement that is probably overlooked there is a way to win there are so many things that go into it the preparation you know like i said the nutrition the recovery the you know game planning film and some of these people get upset and they come out to these events and they get you know sent home and and they wonder why and, and it's probably because you're missing something you know in that fact um it's so many moving parts so just get with somebody who knows how to do it um they can give you some insight and, and i think it'll be a little bit easier definitely still going to be hard in the trial but knowledge is power 100 percent. i want to recognize a few people that i know are kind of on that front as far as pushing the uh the sport of paintball more and more towards like being mainstream or being more legitimate and actually like treating it as a like as a competitive sport uh at the highest level uh one of which is ryan gray i know he's done a lot uh with you know thinking about the data side of things uh which is which is a big thing Uh, i know he kind of does it a little bit in his coaching style and he has he has a big emphasis on data in general and i know he's talked about that a lot uh, also, shout out to Colt Roberts uh, and his uh, training regimen, Paintball Kumite. I know it's been a little bit since he's done uh, some classes, but uh, just his focus on like how to teach the fundamentals the right way, and like you know, if you're if you're gonna work on improving your skills in baseball, you don't go play a full nine innings. You go to the batting cage. You go do like. Uh, any sort of drills where you're isolating those small skill sets and just the, the Kumite approach was exactly that. So just helping push the boundaries more and more towards how the rest of like the mainstream sports do it. So shout out to everyone out there that kind of help us uh, push on that front. Absolutely. I mean, look guys, they put speed walking in the fucking Olympics recently. So it's about time that uh paintball gets in there for Christ's sake, if that's a competitive sport. Um, you know, I'd love to see everything that helps the sport grow and all these pros and all these other people putting in all this effort, right? Because that's what it takes. You know, it, it's something that they may not see the benefits of the work they put in now, but they're doing it for 
you know, people in the future, and that's what's important. Absolutely. All righty. So uh, I think, let's see. Uh, Skylar, did you have anything else on that? No, no. You guys, you guys killed it, man. This has been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, 100%. So this final question is brought to us by Compete, which is Jell Stewart's brand. Message him on Facebook or Instagram and mention In the Pits for 10% off of your order of soft goods. So both of you, thank you so much for your time. Uh, do you have any last shout outs or things you'd like to say before we sign off? I mean, just all the teammates, you know, all the organization and notorious has been great. Mark, Marky, you know, all the way down. Um, the girlfriends and wives we've pissed off this season. Um, you know, all the friends that have come out to support and, you know, just the support of paintball as a whole and, and having a competitive place to go out and showcase our skill sets has been amazing here in Texas. So definitely shout out to Texas Paintball for that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, and, and the, the the companies that like help make this happen, you know, I mean, obviously like Charles over there at Max, like, you know, I mean, you know, virtue of the stuff that we wear, you know, the, the guns that we shoot, like the all, I mean, a lot of moving parts here, right? Down to the soft goods, down to, you know, paintball players are picky, right? And then they make this stuff happen. So I can't say that I've had a, a gear issue this year, which has been super nice. I definitely have had that in the past i'm I'm not going to say with who but it's not with the companies that i'm with now um and uh, yeah it's shout outs uh shout out to my mom for putting up with me doing this all these years love you to death and uh and my family and my friends for just tolerating me being like sorry no can't make your birthday you gotta go to a paintball tournament and like still tolerating me coming to your house and eating your food you guys are the best i love you Shout out to my girlfriend, Sarah, for the same thing. She puts up a lot of shit from paintball. Shit. I'm sorry. I love you. 100%. Yeah, shout out to those around us that uh, you know, put up with us and help make it possible for us to do what we enjoy doing. So I think that'll uh, do it for sh- our show. So uh, thank you, everybody online, for tuning in. Be sure to go follow Skylar at Skylar underscore underscore Molina on Instagram. Uh, Brian doesn't have an Instagram. I know if you look up one, there is one with his name on it, but it has been since hacked and there's some random teenage girl that looks like she's from like the early two thousands. So don't go follow that. Just uh, follow the Austin notorious page instead at Austin notorious. That's actually Brian on Friday nights. (laughs) (laughs) You're saying too much. I mean, sorry. I can totally see it. All right. So, uh, what other guests would y'all like to see on the show? Be sure to leave a comment down below while you're at it. Hit that subscribe button. The show goes live weekly here on youtube.com slash at in the pits paintball podcast. And recordings are posted to YouTube, Amazon, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify the next day. I want to give a shout out to my partner and sponsor to your subscribers on Patreon, FV Athletics, Get That Shot, Paintball Kumite, Compete, BEMRAPS, Skull Monkeys Paintball, Hydra, XTPL Events, YA Paintball, Mariachi Aguilas de Oro, and Pod Runners Union. We will see you guys next week for episode 71, where we're going to have Dan Shelley um, behind uh, Shelda Photos, and he's also got a his second children's book coming out, which is... Uh, 
I believe it's the the Journey to Dynasty or I, I what is the exact title? Do y'all remember? Or Dragon's Journey uh, to Dynasty? I believe is what it is. Yeah, that's yes, right. that's it. That's it. I should know this. I just saw. Him. Yep. So, uh, author of that, and then author of the book, The Lost Orb, and we'll uh, get to hear from him on how that's been going, and then also uh, see what his plans are for Cup. So, yeah, we'll uh, see you guys next week for that. Uh, Brian, Skyler, thank you both so much for your time. Of course. Thanks for having us. Good to be here, man.